0: Good evening. Any questions tonight, Marsh? Um, when you were talking about different ways of looking at a particular word the other day. I remember what it was. It made me wonder: is there a distinction? Is there some way we can see a distinction, or should we see a distinction between Vedana as a, an Unga of Bhakti and as an Unga of Sharanagati? mm-hmm <laughs> well uh it's a question I don't recall finding it to be directly dealt with in um any of the, any literature but um Sharanagati as a whole which uh, is comprised of what six divisions um is itself considered an unga of bhakti, unto itself. And um, at the same time, the way in which in our paribar, coming from Bhakti Vinod, it's been um, emphasized, Sharanagati, which he, for example, uh, exp- explains. Um, Sharanagata to be to be the outward expression of Shraddha, the inner experience of faith, how that faith then is uh, manifest externally. So he, uh, and rightfully so, um, uh, ties together, for example, the probably the most prominent concluding verse of the Gita where Krishna is, uh, uh, calls out and implores Arjuna to do Sharanagati. He says, Sarva-dharman-prityaja-mamekam-sharanam-raja. So, uh, come to me and me, ma me me alone. As we've heard, me alone means, comparatively, Sarva-dharma, or the Dharma, Varnashram Dharma involves the worship of many gods without distinguishing amongst them the fact that uh, Vishnu is supreme and what to speak of that Krishna is the source of of uh, Vishnu, Narayana. Hmm. That's doesn't come out in that teaching. Um, of course, the fact that Krishna is who he is and Vishnu is who he is um, in comparison to the other gods and goddesses and that they are included Vishnu in particular his worship within the Varnashram where all the gods are worshipped is unbeknownst to the Varnashramis uh, if you will that, that 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 the worship of Vishnu is what makes the whole thing efficacious hmm, hmm. Um, just like jnana cannot be efficacious in terms of affording the uh, m- m- a mukti that it is in pursuit of without some bhakti. Similarly, even the karma mark cannot be efficacious without some grace. So, in um, and, and as an extension of that and further aside, if you will, we know that by Becoming uh, a perfect varnashrami, you you don't become qualified for bhakti, right? (coughs) Only bhakti gives bhakti, material piety, which is uh, or virtue. Um, The um, short of mystical insight, the uh, the ideal of uh, a varnashram, and. means within the realm of karma the outer extreme of that comes to jnana and mukti idea, right? Um, The quiet in the background fourth goal of life while the other three are loudly broadcast dharma, artha, Kama, and as I often say boksha Mm -hmm. that that the uh, worldly are not that concerned about Krishna says what not um this trygunya valarjana nirvandvanatya sattva your yoga chema atmavan trygunya vishaya veda the vedas are mostly dealing with the three modes of nature so he encourages him to move away from that from the pravriti marg marg of the path of acquisition to nivriti and the path of renunciation, so we're moving from religious life to a spiritual, experiential life. So at any rate, to be successful in Gyan, one ultimately one requires some bhakti, and unbeknownst to the, for the most part, to the Varnashram is to be successful in that realm also, in the realm of karma, we also, uh, some grace is required, so Vishnu's there. And as an aside, as I say to this aside, uh, if you will, although Varnashram does not give bhakti any any movement within the gunas Hmm. does uh, not qualify one for bhakti, any attempt to break out of the jail um, as well doesn't afford bhakti, only bhakti affords bhakti. Hmm. Bhakti comes from Bhakti. If Bhakti was, if something else qualified one for Bhakti, then Bhakti would not be independent, would be dependent upon that qualification being in place and being acquired in order for her to manifest. That's not the case for her. Therefore she goes to unpure people, impure people, pure people, see even animals sometimes are recipients of of the grace of, of Bhakti and get extraordinary results. However, the aside I'm speaking of is that because ashram includes worship of Vishnu, okay, now it's time for Vishnu worship, now it's time for this god, this goddess, and so forth, now it's time for Vishnu. Um, there is the remote possibility, Jiva Goswami acknowledges in Bhakti Rasmrita Sindhu, at the end of Rupa Sri Rupa's section on Raghunuga Bhakti, which is the end of the second chapter of the... Um, the first division of the book, the eastern division of the ocean of Bhakti Rasa, um, Jiva Goswami comments that, because Jiva's, Rupa Goswami ends it by saying, this rag bhakti can only be attained by Mahatkripa, nothing else. Hmm. He says, Jiva says, it is arguably possible to attain adhikar eligibility for vaidhi bhakti. Hmm. From Varnashram, but the reason is because there's worship of Vishnu there. So, really, only Bhakti gives Bhakti, right? Because the worship of Vishnu is Bhakti. And so, at any rate, in that Gita verse where Krishna speaks about Sharanagati, he is um, making a final effort to uh, qualify Arjuna. Mm-hmm. For the path of bhakti, uh, by uh, trouncing uh, once and for all the faith that we see that he is animated by in the first chapter. In the first chapter of the Gita, we see that Arjuna is animated by, another, as much as faith animates us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Krishna says in the Gita-vat shraddho-ayam uh, purushaha uh, um, a person is their faith. So faith is the animating principle. If you if you have faith in something then, then you can go forward. If you have a doubt, you're going to hesitate. So you use the poetic adage of pujapatrita Marsh on the opposite side, suspicion leads to suspension. Hmm? So um, Whether you're going to tread the path of varnashram, whether you're going to tread the path of yoga, or jnana, or bhakti, it requires faith in the the process and its its efficacy. Hmm? The difference between those paths and bhakti, of course, is bhakti only requires faith. Hmm? Yoga requires faith in yoga, and it also requires celibacy, and jnana requires a pure heart, Hmm? Um, and so on and so forth. So this is the generosity of of Bhakti, right? Shradhavan Januhi, Shradhavan Janu or what is the other one? He created a marketplace, hmm. surabhi Surabi Kunjay, Kunjah, Namirat He says Nitinandras Bhakti you we know, those things. He set up a marketplace in uh, in Nadia and what was he selling? The holy name. And what was the price? Shraddha. Faith only. Mm-hmm. So very very generous in this regard. And of course the reward, the result, what you get, is very extends beyond what you can get through Varnashram, Dharma, the Karma mark, or through Gyan, through Yoga and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so in the beginning of the Gita we find that Arjuna is animated by faith in Varnashram, therefore he offers up Arguments as to why he should not fight that are all fall within the small g good of the moral life that um, is governed by the by the Varnashram dharma system. Right? It's about morality, which is hardly the sum and substance of of love of God. I often re- refer to it as a caged life. Hmm? Moral, therefore, laws are made to be broken. That's a fact. If you've you've actually understood them and the principles that they are seeking to um, 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 uh, educate one on or uh, get one to embrace, then they no longer have any, uh, they're no longer required. Uh, In love, we often say, where there's love, there are no laws. Where there is no love, where there are laws, there is no love. Hmm? The laws are kind of a breakdown of love, right? So, and this is the two ends of the spectrum: varnashram and rag bhakti. Hmm? Law laid, laden or burdened by law, hmm? on the one end, and on the other end, the, the laws are are broken. Hmm? They're fulfilled. They appear to be broken, and they are broken. <laughs> um, so, um, the um, beginning of the Gita, Krishna uh, Arjuna is animated by faith in varnashram. So he gives up his arg- offers up his arguments why he should not fight, which is the task at hand, and that Krishna will go on to implore him to take part in, right? Uh, for, for, for dharmic reasons, even. Hmm? He even overrides Krishna's, Arjuna's dharmic reasons, shows them not to be well-reasoned. But beyond that, of course, he wants to take it to another level and say, well, what is the dharma anyway? What is jnan? You're not the body. This is jnan. Hmm? So arguments on the base of jnan. One thing is to be a good human. Another thing is to realize that Human life is is really good when it's used to transcend itself, its its own limitations, and the the atma becomes known. Hmm? So it begins to educate him about the atma. Hmm? He, he begins with that he may know in the Gita, and then then before he goes on, hmm, he comes back to the varnashram arguments of Rajneesh and pretty much dis- dismisses them hmm, as well. And then he goes on of course with his dissertation about yoga as a, as applied knowledge by which the theory that you are the Atma can be and uh, can be realized that, that you're the Atma and that, that you are the Atma which is a unit of uh, that, 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 that is of a nature that as we often say that lends itself to nurture therefore it has a potential a good association to become um, all that it could possibly be. Ultimately, a lover of God, right? So, at any rate, in the end of the Gita, hmm, it's really clear. If you want to understand the book, one of the ways to begin is you look you re- look at the introduction and look at the conclusion. Hmm? You get some idea because you're going to reiterate in the conclusion, to some extent, what was said in the introduction and maybe give it a slight review of how that's been demonstrated, right? Mm-hmm. Which should, should um, result in a reoccurring theme couched throughout the book. Mm-hmm. It's emphasized in the introduction and in, in the end. So, the end of the Gita and the beginning of the Gita. Yeah. Um, the arguments on the basis of Dharma mm, that Arjuna voiced, Krishna is completely trying to dis- dismiss them once and for all. He says, Sarvadharman Prithyaja. Hmm? So forget this Varnashram. Reject it, he says. Hmm? And so, and the word Prithyaja also implies completely, and that means the full extension of the Varnashram. What do we mean by that? Yes, yeah, so the full extension is. Moksha. So, so we go from Dharma to, and that means karma as well, and the governing of, you know, the influence of Rajaguna to sattva and gyan Moksha means gyan You have to know the self, right? We said, it's one thing to be a good human, another thing to know that you're more than a human. You're an Atma, right? So this is the scope of Varnashram. It's Rajas and sattvic influence. So if he wants to reject Varnashram altogether, he has to use a word like hmm? Sarva Dharman Prityaja, therefore um we understand the word to mean Dharma and Gyan. Hmm? We we say Dharma and Gyan. Gyan is included in Dharma we become therefore Dharma Jignasu Atatu Dharma jignasu. When your inquiry into dharma is complete, and you have applied yourself accordingly in terms of the reply, what is dharma? Hmm, you become qualified for jnana, an inquiry into Brahman, atato Brahmajgnasu, right? So they're 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 different, or the Varnashram goes ultimately in direction that takes it. Beyond itself, hmm? uh, from being a good human to knowing that you're not, hmm? right? But this, oh, this is rejected. Hmm? The pursuit of in, anything up to the world of Brahma, a Brahma vartino Arjuna, hmm? even that should be rejected. And beyond the Brahma Loka uh, is 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 the Atman. Hmm? Just your own s- small, mm, tiny, atomic, Atpak self is a bigger, broader, uh, more generous uh, s- status to dwell within that than it is to dwell in the Brahmaloka, even if you had four, four heads. It's to know more. It's to, it's to know more. And to be happier, how much happier, unlimitedly more happy. Hmm. Happiness lies in the Atma, the Atmananda, than even in the Brahma right? Hmm. But yeah. Krishna says, "Give up." He wants to crush his faith once and for all in in Dharma, and in, in including the, at, uh, the pursuit of Atmananda. Hmm? Self-realization hmm. Hmm. and awaken faith. Therefore, in Maamaykam Sharanam, Bhakti, do Sharanam, Sharanagati to me. So um, he's crushing the faith on the one side and awakening faith in himself. And he says, and if there's any, have you any reservations? You, then I'm got your back. He says don't worry it's any, any if you think if you if you think for some reason that uh, that you you'll be guilty of not after all the you know the goals are dharma, the common moksha you're not pursuing any of them <laughs> hmm? and you appear to be turning against them where will you be you'll be with me hmm? and that there were any repercussions that some people might think, who aren't that well-schooled, from forgoing the Dharma, don't worry, I'll cover you. If you commit sin by the standard of the Varnashram, in the context of taking shelter of me, by, for example, not doing things that are nimitta or nitya karmas, within the system of Varnashram, there are nitya karmas and nitya karmas, the occasional duties that everyone has to perform, and there are uh, duties that are reformed every day. So it's not just about... It's not just being a good and virtuous person. It's about things that are constructed in consideration of the human psychology that by doing them, it will bring about virtuousness. Hmm? But those things don't have to be done. done if you are ver- so virtuous as to see the light and take shelter of krishna alone hmm? in bhakti so if you forego uh, you know performing the shraddha ceremony for your deceased relatives um, they won't you won't be culpable for that you could be that could be an omission uh, of the neglect of the of the dharmic law Hmm? You could be culpable for, but not by taking shelter of Krishna. He says, "I, I will cover you." So it doesn't mean, you know, I'll protect you from sins. So you just go and do whatever the hell you want, you know, and, 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 and say, "I surrender to Krishna." So no problem. You know. hmm? But, uh, but so many duties, so many, uh, so many responsibilities. I mean, you could, as we said the other day, pass. You're in the wrong direction, and you wouldn't be uh, guilty hmm, for pe- facing the moon while passing here. <laughs> um so so Krishna is creating uh, seeking to create faith in our June into the listeners, of the Gita faith in himself, right, which is then makes one eligible to tread the path of bhakti. And so this faith, as Bhakti Thakur says, is expressed externally as Sharanagati. So there's an emphasis, is my point. Within our party, bar on the on the part of Bhakti Vinod of Sharanagati, which um, we don't find in the same way in the writings of the Goswamis um, and uh, the founding acharyas, or even later acharyas like Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur, there's a, there's a real Bhakti Vinod kind of really grabbed onto that, and he made this very beautiful um, uh, explanation of the, of Sharanagati being the outward expression of of Shraddha. Hmm? So he makes, in this way, in a sense, Sharanagati more robust than just another Anga of Bhakti. Hmm? As Rupa Goswami cites it, Sharanagati is another Anga of Bhakti. It's prominent um, among the outcasts of the Ramanuja persuasion. Hmm? Who may not be able to do the karma, the good karma, They have, his system is... You do good karma, you, you, you get come to gyan, then, because bhakti is so high, you have to have knowledge of the atma, then you do bhakti yoga, something like that. We agree it's high, but we say it's also very generous. Hmm? So it extends down to the outcasts, even. Hmm? They admit that in terms of, well, yes, some outcast person does sharanagati, can't do anything else. With a, he's not in this Varnashram system, whatever, um, has Parabdukarma that, that that prohibits that, uh, but he, so how, but God's mercy is such that through Sharanagati he can become. So there are examples. For example, that school of somebody doing Sharanagati wasn't allowed maybe in the temple or something, I, I, I can't recall, but sat outside and behind the temple and Worshipped and then one day they came in and they found the deity was turned around. <laughs> so they made a hole in the back of the temple hmm, and honored this devotee you know, who was the Sharanagata, hmm. so, um, so it, a Sharanagata. So so it's anyway in Rupa, Sri Rupa's um, explanation. It's an anga of of bhakti and. Um, and it has six divisions, but uh, again, we don't find um, much written about it until Bhakti binod early explaining, wrote this whole book of songs, one, two songs for each anga of, of Sharanagati, um, Pujapan Shudamarsh wrote his book, Prapanajivanamrita, which is all um, verses from the sacred texts, Bhagavad in particular, that correspond with um, uh, the different um, divisions of Sharanagati distinguishing the, the sarup Lakshan of Sharanagati um, gopritve varanam tatha accepting Krishna as one's maintainer from the um, Tatastalakshan divisions of uh, Sharanagati like accepting the favorable rejecting the unfavorable the other the other five hmm? uh, thinking of Krishna as one's protector and so forth within that of course what Maharaj is asking about is Atmanivedanam. So it's an aspect of uh, Sharanagati. But um, it is also, as he's a, as he's mentioning, an anga or a limb of bhakti as enunciated by Pralad himself among the nine principal angas. Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, Parasevanam, Archanam, Bandanam, Dasyam, Sakyam Atmanivedanam. And Dasyam, Sakyam, and Nivedan spoke a little bit about those, and how how, um, our founding Acharyas have explained that these angas of sadhana bhakti require to participate in them more qualification, more progress, more advancement within sadhana bhakti to be able to fully uh, embrace them, whereas kirtan doesn't require that. Hmm? That's an interesting point that they have shown that within sadhana bhakti, whether it be rag or vaiti bhakti, there's a gradation in terms of one's progress, in terms of what one can embrace. Like we say in the Bhakti of Nodhaparibara. Well, you may be a raga bhakti in terms of ideal without your bhakti being driven by taste. And although bhakti include, rag bhakti includes, for example, Siddharupa seva, you even realize a supa, siddharu, but you don't have one. So as you become more qualified, then you can embrace that. So that idea that just because you're a sadhaka, you can embrace every aspect of sadhana bhakti, hmm, in general, is supported by this idea that these angas of bhakti even, hmm, can't be fully embraced uh, uh, unless one is a more advanced sadhaka, like sakya, like dasya. And I believe Atmanivedanam is also I- included in that. Um, the paradigmatic example of the Atmanivedanam bhakta is who Bali, Bali Maharaj. Hmm? I think Bali, Bali Maharaj. He uh, he he put his head out, and Krishna Vishnu Vishnuvamana stepped on it, right? Hmm? Um, so um, so anyway, uh, just a little explanation. But um, as far as the question goes, it's kind of like what's the difference between Atmanivedanam as an Anga of Bhakti and Atmanivedanam as an aspect of Sharanagati, which itself is an Anga of Bhakti, right? Hmm. So one thing we can say about that is that there, amongst the Angas of Bhakti, some of them have subanga's to them. Some of them don't. Hmm. So uh, we could look at Sharnagati as being consisting of six subanga's hmm. of bhakti, hmm. and um, look at the atmanivedanam within sharanagati as subanga of of charnagati, which would make it. More Im- embraceable, if you will, for a less advanced devotee, uh, in as much as charnagati is um, uh, is there's no there's no like pre-qualification for for Sharanagati. and of course, as I say, Bhakti has really emphasized this in such a way as to say, well, basically. If Sharanagati is the outer expression of Shraddha, the entirety of Sadhana bhakti is about this cultivation of Sharagati, hmm? which sometimes we've we've described as the dramatic stage on which the drama of Krishna Leela will be performed. So in order to to um, participate in the Leela, everyone there is a is a, is a primika, but they're also a Sharanagata hmm, to begin with, right? So sadhana bhakti is about developing shraddha and, well, correspondingly as uh, as it's externally expresses itself, sharnagati. So, um, so in that sense, um, perhaps we can look at uh, atmanivedam as an anga unto itself of bhakti as requiring more adhikar, hmm. um, and uh, then, then within Sharanagati, where Bhakti Thakur has explained, each of the divisions, or let's call them sub-angas of Sharanagati, have corresponding moods to them. Hmm? So, for example, uh, accepting the favorable, rejecting the unfavorable. Anukulasya uh, sankalpa, pratikulasya varjanam, Right? I think these are positive and negative constitute one anga, right? Or one subdivision. Or are they two? There are two. They're two, okay. Accepting the, what's favorable for bhakti, rejecting what's unfavorable. The mood that goes with this, to put it in English, um, well in Sanskrit I think it's pratigya, which here means a vow. So the spirit of is, I take a vow, a commitment. I will accept what's favorable for bhakti, I will reject what's unfavorable. Hmm? And then you... So there's a mood to this. So so how do you do it, in other words, right? So this is how you do it. You make a commitment like this, and then you, you make that the guiding uh, light in, in your life. And you do it with some effort, some determination. I, I've made a vow to do... This is my life, and then... Well... Um, You do it no matter what. I mean, and of course that requires some skill, skillfulness, because it's not an advocacy of some doing, act, conducting oneself in such a way that you become neurotic, and uh, and, and out of balance. And and there is how a householder, for example, will be a sharanagata, will express itself somewhat differently than how a monk will be. Uh, They're Both doing the same thing but it shows up very differently. Such, and of course that's the power of bhakti. Hmm? You don't have to be uh, a monk to uh, fully embrace uh, bhakti. She has that such power. Hmm? Not like yoga or gyan uh, for example. So uh, then you go, let's go to the next anga uh, 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 Vishvashvo so to accept Krishna as one's uh, protector um, when there's a corresponding mood for that let me think now what is the term that he uses um, I don't know it escapes me um, um, maybe I'll come back to then the next which is accepting Krishna as one's maintainer which is thought to be the sarupalakshan the prim- primary characteristic of of Krishna is maintaining me and this, the mood behind this is is dependence. Hmm? Vish, oh, so yeah. accepting Krishna's my my protector is vishvas. So it, the mood is a kind of a confidence. I have confidence. Krishna will protect me. And into the mouth of Agasur, we march. Something like that. Mm-hmm. So there. So there. When you look at these moods. Then you, the, 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 as much as they correspond with the divisions, you, then you get some idea how to do them, hmm? if you will, right? Because they're moods; they're basically moods, as Bhakti Vinod Takur describes them. So my mood is like this: Vishwas, I have confidence; hmm? Krishna will protect me. Hmm? Um, uh, a vow a commitment, I'm in, you know, I'm in. Okay, I've decided to go for it. Whatever happens, I'm going to the finish. Right? Something like that. And then the Christian is my maintainer. So this is a kind of a dependence. In other words, well, I make my effort and so forth, but, obviously, it said, God... None proposes, God man proposes, God disposes. Or it also said that... Uh, God helps him who helps himself, something like that. So you, it's nothing to well, Krishna, maintain me. Hmm? Now you you go about maintaining yourself, and whatever comes as a result of the effort, you accept it. This is what Krishna allowed me to as my, as my maintenance. This is what He's given me. I make my effort, and this is we settle with it. You know we're poor here. You know <laughs> that's what it's like. So okay, so it is. Doesn't stop us from hearing and chanting, right? Mm, you don't have to be wealthy for that. Yeah. You can still be a Lakeshwar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, as we explained last night. Right? So, uh, so um, because, I mean, it's, it's nice to point this out, because people think, okay, I accept Krishna is my maintainer, so I don't make any effort, or uh, I shouldn't make an effort. No, you make an effort. Hmm? And then, See whatever you think, whatever comes is coming by His grace. Uh, that will be my standard of living, and uh, within the context of that, I have uh, all all facility to do bhakti, which doesn't cost any money. we had no money. And then um, uh, so atmanivedanam, or excuse me, um, um, what's next? Danya, and atmanivedanam, right? So danya means humility. And the mood is humility <laughs> 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 to be uh, to be humble uh, much can be said about that but uh, they're not motivavad them is, uh, the mood of course mother, that I think is like uh, maybe like 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 self resignation resigning myself and the example is given of like a domestic animal I put myself this is the mood I put myself in the hands of Christians wherever he's his service takes me. I'm, I'm, I'm going, something like that. So I, I think it's easy to, as we've talked about it, to think of how one can participate in Atmanivedanam by cultivating this mood, hmm, um, in, in 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 a way that would be different than embracing the anga of Bhakti itself that is Atmanivedanam that um well um maybe again in the example is Bali Maharaj and um and um he what did he do? He put his head out for Krishna stepped on. Not that we shouldn't do that, but um he was he owned the world <laughs> at the time, right? So he gave everything up, the whole world. Um, not that we shouldn't try to do that, but I mean, how you, you can't kind of do that all at once too easily. Um, but I'd have to look in Bhagdarsanmrita Sutra to see what th- th- that there, or in Sandharva as well, hmm, what Jiva Goswami has written about Atman and Ibadinam as an anga, hmm? and it's not something that's 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 uh, prominent in my chitta enough to bring to the surface. At the moment, but that would be a good follow-up on the question. Yeah, in in uh, in, in and Prabhupada's commentary, he also has extensive commentary in each of the angas when they're where they're enunciated in the seventh canto by Prahlad, and I think he he quotes the Sundarabhakti Jeeva Goswami there, or paraphrases much much of it. So those would be good places to look at that as an anga rather than as a division of sharanagati and why or how you get some better sense of how it would require more eligibility and and advancement to embrace as does dasyam and and Sakyam. And you know it's important to note I mean even though the, the in saying that it requires more adhikar to embrace dasyam and sakyam and Vedam, Dasyam and Sakyam in particular, he's not talking them as a as a bhav. they're they're angas of sadhana bhakti. Hmm? Yeah you can't just embrace bhava, but there are certain angas of bhakti, sadhana angas, uh, angas of sadhana bhakti that you require more qualification to um embrace and effectively. Hmm. What else? Yes? Um, you've talked about in some of your lectures that the mind is oppressive and that we can know more by not thinking than, than thinking all the time. How in Krishna consciousness do we practice yoga chitavrita nirodha, or not, not giving in to so much of the mind's projections in order to better do our, our seva? I ask this because it's not widely talked about Uh, or at least in my introduction to Krishna Consciousness, but i found that in my practice of trying to be present, I'm -hmm. I'm more able to pay attention to my service or my chanting. Mm -hmm. Well, you said a couple of things that, uh, of course, I mean, obviously you have to pay attention to what you do and you're going to get more out of it if you do. I mean, it kind of goes without saying what to speak of in yoga, Whatever the yoga discipline is, its central focus is to control the mind, right? In 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 Ashtanga Yoga, the, you cite from the Yoga Sutras, Chitta Vritti Nirodha is the goal to uh, remove the vrittis which cluster together as some scars and then turn into vasanas and uh, um, drive us. To uh, habitually move in, in you know, p- particular directions. So, to, uh, if you were to look at the chitta as a, like a like a body of water, that stones are being thrown in, and so that's there's all these waves. That, and if you would make it nirodha, re remove hmm, the, the the vrittis, then it's just flat, and peaceful, right? Shanti, shanti, shanti. Uh, the end of the struggle, hmm? which is all in the mind. I mean, this is a a nice point in yoga. People say, you know, you want to end suffering. You just tell them, well, it's all in your mind. It is. It's it's very difficult to refute the the idea. Hmm? Suffering is all in your mind. If your mind's not plugged in to it, if your mind is turned off, and then put a nail in your hand, you're not going to feel it. Hmm? The the center of qualitative experiences of feeling is the mind. Hmm? So adjust your mind. And um, now that's, that may seem, well, that's practical, but that's what we teach. We have a whole discipline, right? To arrest the mind hmm? and end suffering. Hmm? And it includes removing the material, some scars, and, uh, and and so forth. Um, um, and I mean, I can't think of a more comprehensive approach to ending suffering, or any argument that 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 uh, would have much standing to say, no, the suffering's not in the mind; hmm. it is in the mind. Hmm. And then there are people that have controlled the mind. Maybe we should talk to them rather than the psychologist as to what the mind is, uh, although they know something about it. Or what to speak of a materialist who thinks that the mind is just a brain. Hmm? It doesn't really exist. It's, just, it's, a, it's a misnomer. It's, it's just a physical phenomenon. And they can't control their mind for a minute. Hmm? Right? And there's somebody else who can sit, can control the mind and chant like Agni oh, Day for hours. Hmm? You know, maybe he you knows something about it, you know. If you can control it, uh, the argument is you've, you've risen above it. Hmm? And as much as you have control it, then you're not going to suffer, even though the body's going to undergo different transformations and so forth. Yeah. Where you are is where your mind is. Wherever you go, you know, with the, your mind goes with you. Right, and that's where you are. So this is this is yoga. This is just real, you know, kind of 101 ABCs of of yoga, and it offers the world a, a, a solution to suffering, hmm. and that's what everybody's looking for. Now, because it's a big deal, <laughs> because the whole world's pervaded by it. Hmm, the very desire that you have is driving it and promoting it and, and giving birth to suffering. Your attachments, therefore, the solution to end it—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a big, you know, it's a challenge. Hmm. If you want to solve a huge problem, well, the solution has to be pretty comprehensive, and there's going to have to there's going to be some investment. How how much you have? How much time you have to spend? All your time. <laughs> all the time that you're suffering, which is pretty much all the time, <laughs> in one way or another. You know? You know, move this way, move that way. You know? That's thought, that thought. Uh, so it's just all pervasive. Hmm? So yoga seeks to, you know, it may, but um, it's lost on, 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 on a lot of people, excuse me, because of the challenge. I think that it that it takes and and the rarity, if you will, of the success, hmm, which, you know, doesn't make it impractical, hmm, just that it, uh, it it may take some time because there's only a few saints that you can point to and there's some bogus ones that people point to more often. Say it doesn't work. Say look at this guy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But there are some genuine, and so, you know, maybe they are there. There's stand like lighthouses on the shore to those of us floundering in the ocean to say in the night, there's land, there's land. Hmm? It's over here. Hmm? So, um, so what was the question? Who asked it? Oh, yeah, yeah, now I remember. So, so... Um, so, chitta vritti niroda. now, okay, of course, this is the yoga idea. Now, in, in our school, of course, we, what we do is we um, position ourselves to acquire bhakti-vṛttis, bhakti-samskars, bhakti-vasanas. Hmm? Vṛttis that are similar form into clusters that are samskars, and when those are mature, they act as vasanas, so that their actual tendencies manifest within you. So we we want to take, we want to uh, bathe ourselves in bhakti-samskars. Prabhupada used to give a nice example. If you take a bottle of ink and you pour milk into the bottle of ink, hmm? And you keep pouring the the milk in and milk will come ink will come out, milk with ink will come out. Hmm? But if you keep pouring, keep pouring, keep pouring, only milk will come out. Hmm? So the milk is the bhakti and it goes in and it takes out hmm, material some scars, it cleanses the chitta. But in the context of cleansing the chitta, it says take take that picture off the wall, put this one up there. Hmm? Move this carpet. Put that floor in. Hmm? It's decorating also hmm? at the same time. You understand? It's decorating hard. It's it's take it's removing. This is the negative. Hmm? Removing the unwanted, the, the, the material, some scars, the, the cause of the bondage and so forth, and replacing it with tendencies for bhakti, hmm? qualifying one further for participating ultimately in, in lila seva. So as that. Happens the antakarṇ, the whole subtle body, the citta is taken over by bhakti. Bhakti rides the samvit and ladini shaktis of bhakti ride on the on the citta, hmm? and this is what it means then to have a, have to trend to to spiritualize a sadhakadeha, a practitioner's body. Hmm? Um, it, it means it, that which drives the body is the antakarṇ. Right, and that's the whole. That's the, where all the experience comes, right? All the this, this experiential center, right? Hmm? And, and so, that's what we mean. The body becomes spiritualized. So it's a little different than yoga, but it accomplishes what yoga does by removing the the material uh, vrittis and some scars, but by replacing them with bhakti samskaras. So, just as a point, as an uh, as an aside, to your question, but. Um, but, um, yes, um, th- uh, thoughts, um, you know, sometimes I say by not thinking we can know more than by thinking, as you said, um, and um, the, the, the idea, one of the ideas behind that is that with your thoughts, materially speaking, uh, you can never arrive at the kind of knowing that you could by not Thinking if you could turn off the mind, hmm? turn off the mind, um, and just to give you an example, uh, and turn off the body because you turn off the mind, you really turn off the body, right? So when you go to sleep at night, you turn off your body, you turn off your mind. In other words, you're not aware of your bodily functions, hmm? and if you don't dream, you're not psychically aware either. For so. It's an analogy, it only goes so far, but for all intents and purposes, you've closed down the physical and the mental realms. Hmm? But you're still existing. And what's the nature of the experience of your existing when you wake up from a deep, dreamless sleep? You feel, I rested. It was peaceful. Shanti, shanti. Free from the oppression of the mind and the senses, I was peaceful. Hmm? I was peaceful. So you cannot arrive at that that peacefulness, which you can only say but it was good. I feel good. I somehow I was there, even though I was. It was a contentless awareness. How can you be aware of something with no content? Well, it's it's you, and th- this is the sense in which the atmas like Brahman. Nirvishesh Brahma has a likeness, contentless kind of... Hmm? Of course it's tatasta so it's always going to be influenced by the Maya-shakti or the Sarup shakti which then again says to us, its nature is soft, such that it lends itself to nurture. So if it's nurtured by bhakti, then it's going to have an experience of the determinate feature of the Absolute Bhagavan with qualities and leelas form, and so on and so forth, rather than the indeterminate nirvishesh, kind of un, which is just a kind of a deep sleep type of restful, peaceful um, experience in, in 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 transcendence. So um, that's one of the things that I mean to say when I say you can know more by not thinking than by thinking. Just this is a kind of an example that that that, that hmm. Just maybe, well, could we a way of looking at? It. And now here's a here's a system for actually shutting down the mind. Sleep is you know a system, but it's not it's not a yoga. Therefore, you wake up and the mind comes back on, and you know there you go again. It's it's troublesome. But here's a system to to consciously close down the physical system, close down the mental system. Now we do that by in a positive way by turning our senses on to service of Krishna. In connection with the sense objects, we don't just withdraw from the sense objects, hmm? and we think about Krishna, hmm? right, with with the mind and so forth. Um, so um, it's user friendly in the sense that you know we do think and we do do things, and to stop doing things and stop thinking is a pretty difficult thing to do, but to do things for Krishna, to think uh, about Krishna, well, this works with. Your, your nature as, a, as, a, as someone identified with the body mind complex. Hmm. So in that sense it's, it's, it's easy comparatively. But again, by closing down the mind hmm, you, you can arrive at a kind of knowing that you couldn't by just work in your mind, so to speak, uh, particularly uh, our senses are attracted or attached to sense objects. so our mind is preoccupied with sense objects. But the mind is such as that in yoga it said it can be used in another way so that's why it's so central right the, the, the controlling the mind to yoga it can be turned around and used as a friend rather than an enemy hmm? and then the senses will follow suit you know so um, so at any rate that's um, kind of what I mean by saying you can no more um, without the mind. You're the knower, not the mind. You can taste more without a tongue. You can see more without eyes than you can with eyes or with a tongue. Hmm? Um, because you are the taster, you are the seer, you are the knower, hmm? and these things are kind of getting in the way of all you could know, and, and all the happiness that you could have that's inherent within yourself. What to speak of the happiness, the joy that's inherent in ananda, that's inherent in bhakti, which is more than Atmananda, Bhakti-ananda, by association with bhakti and the the practice and so forth. Now, of course, relative to your kind of question or thoughts, um, if I understand, um, it seems to be the idea that apparently a lot of devotees teach about bhakti without teaching about being mindful, which is kind of something, a a term that uh, the Buddhists have kind of coined that um, is attractive and um, being in the moment and giving all of your attention, chop wood, Gary water. Hmm? Yeah. That's what you're doing here. You know, instead of, I'm doing this, but I'm thinking about that. And I'm thinking... So you're, you're never there to see what's in the, you know, fully in the experience itself in the moment. You're always half or three quarters or in the 90% somewhere else. Um, so... That's kind of the idea, and uh, so if you you know if you're mindful in that sense you know outside of the context of bhakti like in a Buddhist sense, you can you can get something out of the moment you 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 can um, you you can you can you can start to experience a you know a kind of a, a closing down of the mind and a controlling of the mind which again is going to afford the the self, some relief mm-hmm. from the oppression of the mind. Now, for the most part in the Buddhist schools of Buddhism, they don't speak about an atma, a self, hmm? which is confusing, but you could look back and um, you, know, um, you know, there's a couple of things to be said about that. Uh, it's, it's very popular these days to distinguish Buddhism from Hinduism, but I'm sorry, Buddha was a Hindu, for sure. <laughs> He's absolutely a Hindu, there's no question about it. The very term Hindu, as you know, comes from invaders in, in the subcontinent, uh, we call India now, in Bharat, and those who lived on the other side of the Indus River, they call them the Indus, Hindu, Hindu. they're the Indus, and Buddha lived on the other side. So he was a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, he was a Hindu. Now, you may notice that he rejected when he says he rejected the Vedas, it means he re, really rejected the Karmakanda section of the Vedas, which was the dominant, <coughs> which as we said earlier, Trigunya but this is three quarters of what the Vedas are about. The poverty mark material acquisition, sacrifices, including animal sacrifices, and so on and so forth. And the Buddhists just rejected that. And, and But where did he go with it? Hmm? he goes go the same place that... That within Hinduism we go, and we're also rejecting the Vedas in this sense. We respect them for what they are and how they work on some level for some people. But Krishna saying in the Gita, "Sarva dharma pratyajja," you know, it could be more Buddhist than that, you know. (laughs) Reject that. Of course, he adds something to it, and accept me. Mm -hmm. Now the Buddha doesn't go that far, right? Mm -hmm. He wants. he, He figures well that's a big step in itself just reject that but what about the atma what about uh, i don't know about that we don't have to say, say anything about that it's almost we look at it more like the buddha had a strategy not an ontological position that he took that there's no atma but to but to say that, 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 that the false atma that arises out of material identification has to be slain is big enough in itself. If after that he said, "Well," and there, but there is you not, know, well, so just focus on that. And where and the, and their bliss is going to come? So where is the bliss coming from? Who's experiencing it? Well, you know, hmm? you can say, "Well," you can try to explain it this way or that way. But okay, it's not an atma, you know, it's not an atma. You can say that. Well, fine. Now, now you have the task, Buddha, of whoever you are in the Buddhist comparing notes with Shankar. Compare notes with Sri Chaitanya. Hmm. If you say, in fact, the very idea that there is an Atma and pursuing it is also a desire, a Trishna, a a thirst, and it's the cause of suffering, there is none. Hmm. Um, Then Compare your bliss to Shankar's, to Shichaitanya's. They're, they're they're obviously also sadhus, enlightened persons by any standard of measurement that you would determine that the Buddha was enlightened as well. They could sit under the under the. Um, yeah, I think it's actually a karnikar tree. The, the has flowers of that. He keeps over his ears. Hmm. But um, it's also called the Bodhi tree, yeah. <coughs> Bodha, Buddha, it comes from this. So, so there's there's no, it would it, be difficult to argue that um, Shankar, this Ramanuja, Chit Chaitanya are not as enlightened as the Buddha. I mean, as much as you can say he was detached, renounced, self, self-content, self uh, and so forth. In their positing an so, you really can't dis- say that the Atma is an illusion and without somehow now demonstrating why Buddha is more enlightened than Ramanuja, than Madhva, than, than Sri Chaitanya, than Shankar, and, and so on, right? Hmm? And and of course, there is an experience of, of, of blissfulness. Of course, we question who's, who's experiencing it, um, and we have our explanation. So we look more at Buddha's advocacy of Anatma, or it was one of the, which is more, which is more or less a silence about the issue, and then the extension of that is a God, of course. Let's not talk about that. The problem is suffering. Let's bring it in. Let's be reasonable. Let's find a way to end it, something like that. Hmm? And we consider him a Hindu, not only a Hindu but an Avatar, Shaktivesh Avatar. He's one of us. Hmm? <laughs> and um, and we're just building on his, you know, uh, he's just taken a certain the core. Basic idea of, of, of Vedanta, as opposed to uh, Varnashram, inquiry into Brahman, as opposed to inquiry into religion and uh, in a religious kind of worldliness, and focused on that, made a whole doctrine just on based on on that, so just an aspect of what we also um, say, hmm? and something more which we're able to say because of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Because of Ramanuja, because of Madhva, great Vaishnav saints, and so forth. And so, at any rate, um, yeah, chop wood, carry water, be mindful. That same, you know, sensibility obviously should be applied to our devotional practices. Mm-hmm. And it's true. I I think, um, from my half a century or so. Of experience that sometimes devotees who teach about bhakti may not emphasize that in a way that it almost sounds like it's a Buddhist thing, and maybe I could incorporate that, or it's a yoga thing, I could incorporate that into my practice, which it's not part, but it, it's, 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 it's very... because a lot of times devotees preach about bhakti by way of saying, the Buddhists are in Maya, that's nonsense, Zen nonsense. I don't know that Zen nonsense. Uh, I heard somebody say that the other day. Uh, the Dalai Lama, he's in Maya. You know, you know. <laughs> or, you know this yogi or that yogi, and you know, I mean, okay, there's some truth to that. We that those examples of that are there in the Bhagavatam, Subari Muni, what you know, who cares what kind of a yogi he could live underwater? But still, he got attracted to a fish and he offended the garuda. You know, so uh, you know. But that's not to dismiss everything about it. I mean, you know, if you look and you study Gaudiya then you find that that aspects of Sankhya, aspects of Yoga, aspects of, are incorporated within. These were arguments of the time, the different philosophies of the world. Goswamis were educated on them, and aspects of those ways that those thoughts are also incorporated into the school of bhakti, and with regard to mindfulness if you you know want to refer to it like that paying attention uh even pranayama is is um advocated uh in uh I think um the third, hmm? the third Hari bhakti vilas it's advocated before chanting one's mantra do hmm, pranayama so you know you have to look if you look <laughs> i mean if you look at upadesha amrita hmm? Vachovega, vega, manasakrota vega, vega, mudra Look at the first three, four, five, three, four verses of Upadeshamrita. And they're right, they correspond with the Yoga Sutra. Mm-hmm. Hmm? It's our own version of the Yoga Sutra. It's not that the whole thing is thrown out, but something's added to that. Hmm? Right? So that it becomes fully theistic. Yoga Sutra is like partially theistic from our perspective. Ishvara Pranidhan, you know. Should be done. That's it's a very vague theistic conception compared to the Krishna conception, which Pujapachita would call it full-fledged theism. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 uh, it's, it's a yoga, hmm. um, and you can. Uh, so, you should be mindful. I mean, I don't know if I answered your question, but some some comments. But maybe also. While you're chopping wood and carrying water, you you have that bliss come out, and then you're able to even chant the holy name, right? Because you feel so blissful. Well, that's true. Because what you 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 be you'll yes, you will you'll be uh, paying attention, not only realizing the atma and being peaceful, but realizing relationship with Krishna and celebrating that, chanting His name. Yeah, you can. yeah. Chanting is good in all, in all circumstances. <laughs> yeah. uh, Chanting is a way, and chanting is also an outcome. It's the way to get the outcome, and it is the outcome. So you become absorbed by chanting or by some other, you know, service that you're doing. Then you're going to come out of that, and, or in the context of that, and say, Hare Krishna. <laughs> and you can meditate on stone and become Krishna conscious. If you understand, this is the Maya Shakti of Krishna. It works like this. Fantastic. I worship that. Prabhupada once and I'll cl- conclude with this, I've told this story before but maybe worth repeating, the year it was nineteen seventy five that he gave me sannyasa and then I think that that that's that was in the um in the springtime in in just after the opening of the Krishna Balaram temple. And that summer he came to the United States as he would for Rathyatras and so forth. And I think that it was that year that the that the uh, um Building in Manhattan was purchased, and Prabhupada had his room on the eleventh floor. So I was in the room with Prabhupada by myself and speaking with him. And, and he said to me, and I was just a new sannyasi, he was twenty-five years old. I had just taken sannyasa a couple months ago. And Prabhupada turns to me and says, "Have you seen the New York women?" <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know like, what he wanted me to say or what, you know. I, so I didn't say anything. I, you know, I just kind of caught me. And then he said, "They're so beautiful." <laughs> that it was even more bewildering to me. Now, where is he going with this? You know, they're so beautiful. He said. Hmm? And then he looked and he pointed the, he says, see this. All these and 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 powerful. All these skyscrapers, they're all going up, hmm? because uh, the, the, the woman is very beautiful. She attracts the man. The man, you know, is his way of looking, is working hard, and the skyscrapers, skyscrapers, are going up. And he makes this whole elaborate explanation. He said. He said. That is Vishnumaya, <laughs> you know? and he's like, "Wow, Vishnumaya." <laughs> Prakriti Maharaj says in the Bhagavatam, the fifth canto, um, "Tell me about the working of material nature, which is one of the shaktis of Bhagavan, by by which knowing, then something more will be, uh, you know, why how worshipable he is." So is another way of. of uh, um, um, Speaking about that, and so forth. He may say he does it for other people in the audience, but as the point is that you can meditate even on the, on the Maya Shakti, material nature, if you properly connect it and become Krishna conscious. Right. You got to be mindful. Oh, that's the thing. Okay. see jai, jai,